Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Today is a guest episode, special episode. One of my best friends who I used to run a radio show called The Blitz is on here today. Jacob, it's good to have you, man. It's good to be here. Two years ago, Jacob and I did a sports radio show on WPKM 96.3 The Beat, where we posted every Thursday at 4 o'clock, and we talked about different sports topics, events, and basically what we do on this show, but in a more brief discussion, because due to time and everything else, that's how we had to do things. The Blitz doesn't run anymore because he moved on. He went to a different school, following a different dream. It's glad to have you back here today, man. It's glad to have some familiarity and, you know, kind of like old times, right? Right. It's, it's good to be here. Um, I've kind of missed this, and it's good to come back and be on your podcast. So we're going to talk about different things, different players, and different events going on and stuff coming up. But we'll dive into, you know, what you've been doing, what you're going after, things like that. First, I want you guys to hear the Blitz intro. Jacob and I got this made at the school, so it, it was pretty fun to have it a part of our podcast every single week. So here this is. I'm Cameron Tracewell. And I'm Jacob Brandon. <laughs> this is the Blitz. That's a sack. Now, Jacob, what is your dream now? Because you did graduate as a two-year associate at WVUP. So what are you doing now? Uh, I'm currently uh, in my last semester at WV, or at Glenville. I did go for, to WVUP for radio broadcasting journalism. And then uh, I decided to switch to Glenville, transfer there, and uh, pursue a better, I wouldn't say better, uh, just a better dream for me, a better fit for me in uh, sports management. I'm, uh, I'll be getting a bachelor's degree there uh, this spring. So this is my last semester. Uh, during my time there, I've helped out with the men's basketball team for two and a half, three years. And working with the athletics department in my internship. And we uh, we got to host the D2 Women's Regional, Atlantic Regional Championship. And that was pretty fun getting to host it and seeing all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes and may go unnoticed. At the end of the day, when you graduate, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to be an athletic director or coach or something in that department? Like, what is your biggest interest? Oh, yeah. I'd say with this degree, my biggest interest would be to either become an athletic director or a coach in some form or uh, even own my own, like, recreational gym that has kind of like how the parks where it has the elite center. Uh, kind of run something like that, uh, be able to give back to like the youth, the community, and like keep the love for sports and athletics alive. Man, that's that's great. You know, you've changed over the last two years. I mean, 
I knew when we first started the Blitz, it was a new change for me because I wanted to do what you're doing now, like be an athletic director, be in that department. And then I didn't really know all about radio and talking on podcasts and stuff like that. I have a lot of thanks to you and Jeremy for bringing me on to something like that. And actually, it changed me. It changed me for who I am and, you know, what I love to do. And this is what I love to do. This is my interest. This is what I could do for the rest of my life is talk on radio or talk on any type of network or stuff like that. That's what I love to do. But I know you're chasing a different dream and that's what you love. And you know, there's great things, man, giving back to the community and, you know, being part of something special. That's absolutely incredible. Well, that's a little bit about Jacob. Now, Jacob and I are going to be talking about a couple different sports topics today. This is going to be pretty fun, pretty interesting. We got MLB opening day, which happened yesterday, and then we will have, we'll be talking about, you know, predictions on, I know you're a Reds fan, big Reds fan he is. We'll be talking about different teams, different upcomers, things like that in the MLB. Talk a little bit about March Madness is coming, the Final Four, man, coming down to the wire here. Uh, who do you think is going to be the national champion? Who do you think is going to surprise a lot of people? Who's going to win these Final Four games? we got three out of the four teams, three out of them who have never won a national championship in the fourth who has in UConn. Then we maybe want to talk about um, maybe Adesanya if you want to, or we can talk about NBA a little bit. We can, you know, and we'll jump into a little bit of Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson talk, Patriots, a little bit about the NFL. So, this is going to be a long episode. We are going to drag this out for a little while, but it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of debate here. So, Jacob, is there any specific topic you'd like to start with first? I think you named all of them uh, coming up. Uh, catch my interest as well. You know, we both come from a sports uh, background, athletics background. I'm ready to talk about anything, and we can just go from there. So, outside of the biggest topics that are going on right now, I actually wanted to jump a little bit into the NBA. I know that you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I know it's the season's kind of coming down to the wire here, and the Oklahoma City Thunder have been in and out of the mix for the play-in tournament. Who do you think is going to the playoffs? Who do you think is going to be a surprise team in the playoffs? And my final question, who do you think is going to be in the finals? So let's start off with your first question. The play-in tournament, it's up, up for grabs. The entire west side's up for grabs. I think from the like five seed to like the eleven seed are all within like three games of each other. The Thunder, yeah, they're they've been in and out of the com- competition. They've been the eight anywhere as high as the seven seed all the way to the ten seed, eleven seed. From the West side, a team that could make a run is the Lakers if they do get LeBron back. On the West side, I expect to see the Nuggets make it to the finals this year. I think they got a good chance. They got a good background, good coach, good atmosphere. On the Eastern side, I fully expect the like the Bucks to make a repeat, the Celtics to get back there. But a sleeper team, to me, I don't know if you're considering a sleeper team anymore, but I would consider uh, the Suns because they got KD. He's been hurt. He's healthy. Then he got hurt again. But he's coming back to uh, Wednesday night game. So he's coming back from injury, and I think that they'll make a run in the finals as well. You know, based on you know what we've seen over Kevin Durant in the history, going to Brooklyn, not really succeeding, that didn't work out. But going back to Golden State, when he went there and 
they put it them over the top. And obviously you knew nobody was going to beat them. Even when Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors did beat them, they didn't beat a fully healthy Kevin Durant and the Warriors team. If you just had Steph and KD on that team, Kawhi and them never win that championship. At least I think, in my opinion. But would you call Phoenix a sleeper team? You know, having Chris Paul, Booker, KD, and DeAndre Ayton on a team together? I mean, no doubt that I think they can make a run for it. And they have the in a way, the kind of the best chance because Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, their offensive game is unstoppable. You know, both are electrifying. And they could make some noise. They definitely could push Denver. I don't know how that matchup works exactly. I think Denver is better in the point guard play. They're just better in that position, more guards. But do you think that Phoenix could possibly run through the West easier with a healthy healthy Kevin Durant? It'll be close. I do consider them still a sleeper team right now because even though KD and Devin Booker are both all-star caliber shooters and everything, they really haven't played together a whole lot because, like I said uh, just a couple minutes ago, KD's been hurt, and then he got healthy. They only played together, what, one or two games, and then he got hurt. So I, I expect them to still be sort of a sleeper team just because they don't have the chemistry. I do expect them to make a run with the Nuggets for the finals, but the Nuggets just have so much chemistry and they're led by Jokic, who's looking to three-peat as a MVP. So, uh, yes and no, um, but the Suns, it'll definitely be between the Suns and the, the Nuggets. So your conference final would be a Suns and a Nuggets type of deal. Now, who would be your NBA finals appearances on coming out of the West and coming out of the East? So coming from the the East this year, the Celtics the Celtics should face off with the Bucks in the uh, conference finals on that side, but I got the uh, Celtics coming out, and then on the West uh, I could see the Suns edging out the Nuggets in like seven seven games. So it should be Celtics Suns finals. That'd be really fun. That'd be interesting. You know, seeing two powerhouse teams now get together again in the NBA finals. So I would just I'm just gonna mention, you know, who I think is a sleeper and who I think can make finals. The sleeper I think is the Sacramento Kings. I know they're forty five and thirty, but nobody expects them to make it, you know, far into the playoffs. Maybe the second round at best. But I think DeAndre Fox and Sabonis has been a great combination this year. Especially that the fact that they're more team diverted, so they're not really relying on superstars as much as they are as a team unit. And I think that could really capture them and maybe put them in a good spot in a series. As of right now and today, they're if the playoffs started right now, they'd be playing Golden State for you know the first round. And I don't know exactly how that would go because we all know what Golden State is made of at home. I mean, away this year, yes, they're terrible, but they're still the two best shooters on the planet and Curry and Clay Thompson. And then you got Jordan Poole, who if he can pull himself together – might be able to be a good off-the-bench player. You know, we both know he's had a kind of a down year this year compared to what he did last year. So that would be my sleeper team. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think the New Orleans Pelicans have a chance to really drop out of the play-in tournament uh, based on the fact that I like C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, but I don't know it's going to last for them because they got to play, you know, they play the Nuggets on Thursday, on yesterday, and then they play the Clippers on Saturday, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Knicks, and the Timberwolves. Well, right there, if we're talking about the Clippers, the Kings, and the Grizzlies, 
and John Morant being back. That's three games they could really lose. I mean, that, if it coming down to the wire there, that's three games they could lose. And I think the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though as today they're still in the competing spot for the last, I think they could actually make maybe a nice seed. And we might be actually talking about maybe Dallas taking that 10th seed. Because I think the Lakers are going to move up to the 8th seed. I, I think, you know, LeBron James, with how that roster is played right now, is going to be really hard to, you know, they have an easy schedule coming down to the wire. So it's going to be hard to beat them. You know, we'll see what it is. And for my final prediction, I'm actually, I'm actually in a twist right now. Because I like the Denver Nuggets. I like the Phoenix Suns. But I also like the LA Clippers. And that's because when they play together and they actually play well together and Kawhi and Paul George are on their best, I find it hard to believe that two two-way players could not make the NBA Finals. But as a realistic, I would probably go Denver. I think it's more desperate for Jokic to win one after possibly going to win his third MVP. The only chip on his shoulder would be winning a championship. And now that you know Jamal Murray's back, you got Caldwell Pope, you got Jokic, and you got Aaron Gordon, who's been playing well this season. They're just, they're going to be a hard team to beat. In the Eastern Conference, I would go Boston, but Boston's been in a kind of a twist recently, and I'm not too sure how they are going to come out of this. So I'm going to go Milwaukee. If Chris Middleton can pull himself back together, I'm thinking Milwaukee. So now jumping over to March Madness, man. The final four, FAU versus San Diego State, Miami versus UConn. What a weird final four, Jacob. I didn't think we'd see something like this, you know, having a five, a nine, a five, and a four seed together. I mean, we'd expect at least a top three seed in this argument, and they're not here. You know, some of the biggest upsets with Alabama going down and Houston going down, Kansas falling down. I don't think Purdue was much of an upset as they were the weakest of the four number ones. And then, you know, we're losing a lot of good teams out of this. So what we had last week in the Elite Eight, we had Creighton lose. We had Texas go down, Kansas State and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga didn't go down. They got beat down. What do you think about this FAU-San Diego State matchup? Any predictions or do you think it's going to be a good game or the best game of the day? What do you think? Personally, I think that San Diego State will run away with this game. I hope for a close game. But at the same time, I think they've got just a two-complete uh, two team. I think that San Diego State is too complete of a team for FAU to compete. Uh, I mean, they're, they're a nine seed, so they're kind of like a Cinderella story. But San Diego State is getting revenge from the COVID year. Uh, 2020, they were projected to go uh, make a deep run into the tournament. And uh, unfortunately, like that tournament got canceled completely. So I got San Diego State winning that game. And then moving on to uh, Miami versus UConn, I think this game has potential to be close. But at the same time, I don't because UConn is, once again, they're a complete team. They've been to the Final Four before. They've won a national championship. And after the last couple games that they've faced, Gonzaga and uh, the team before that, uh, they've won each game by 15, 20-plus. And... Uh, beating Gonzaga by 23 or so is not a small task. That, that's a complete team uh, led by Drew Timmy. They got crazy experience all around the court. And UConn just played bigger basketball. And overall, I think uh, UConn will win this game. 
So then I'll leave San Diego State versus UConn in the championship. I got UConn winning it all. Starting out March Madness, I had Alabama versus Houston in the championship. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So uh, now I'm rooting for uh, UConn to, to make it all, to win, win it all. They got a good story, too. This is their first Elite Eight and Final Four appearance since that 2014 National Championship team. So uh, this, they can make history with this run again. Yeah, those are those are some good predictions, man. I don't blame you for picking San Diego State. I really don't. They are a good team. They beat Alabama. You know, they've shown themselves in the tournament to be a complete team. But I am going to go FAU because not only is the, the Cinderella story, I guess, interesting, but the way that they crawl themselves back into games. Like, they never get pushed around. They're always there. And I think after beating Memphis really proved to them that they could win this whole thing. Now, I don't think they'll win the national championship, but I think they could make a run to the national championship, make their first appearance. Yes, San Diego State is a better team, and they're more complete, but in March Madness, I don't really think that all that matters in a way because anybody on a certain day can give you a surprise. So I like FAU for this matchup. I kind of like the Cinderella story, and it would be awesome to see a Cinderella team in that moment to maybe win the whole thing so I picked FAU and for Miami UConn I'm impressed with Miami to make it this far and to not only that to score 51 points to beat Texas last week and in the way they played Texas by coming down to the eight minute mark in the game and not scoring one three-pointer to beat Texas and the way they look and the way the momentum really shifts with them like you watch the game and you see when Miami doesn't have any momentum, they don't play well. Once they grab the momentum, though, they're almost unstoppable. So it's hard to beat. But I'm going to pick UConn. And that's just because as a team, they work together well. They play efficiently. And they've been the only team I've really seen in March Madness that can shut down everybody. Like, Gonzaga was a good team. It's debatable on their games that they won, Right. We don't know if they really should have beat TCU or really should have beat UCLA. I mean, that was a Villanova-style move they beat UCLA on. But to play UConn as badly as they did and actually shut Drew Timmy down, and I know he had four fouls, and that's why they drug him out of the game, but nobody else in Gonzaga helped him. He was pretty much trying to do it by himself, and it wasn't going to work for as long as it up to that coming point. UConn is a complete team, and I feel like from the get-go – they're hard to stop and they're hard to beat. And even when they lose the momentum, they still manage to grab it back. So I pick UConn and FAU. And of course, I agree with you, UConn, to win the whole thing. I just think experienced program, you know, deep, deep rostered team. And they're just going to be hard to beat overall. But I do love the Cinderella story from FAU. And if Miami or San Diego State happen to, you know, get into this and actually make the national championship, I'm not going to be mad at it either because I think the thrill of March Madness is bringing the teams that, you know, nobody think have a chance to win to that stage. Like that's the one thing in college football that is hard to determine is the teams that are good are the same teams every single year. Like I guess that's why everybody liked TCU and Max Duggan because of this is the first time it was a different conference outside of Clemson that had really – you know, made that stage level game. So 
everybody loves a Cinderella story. This is what March Madness is fun. And those are our predictions and those are our thoughts on these two games. So we'll jump into a little bit of football. A lot of football news going on. I know there's been a lot of uh, big moves with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, this is Lamar Jackson thing that's going on. It's going to be dragging on for a couple more months, in my own opinion. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And some improved teams, man. There's been a lot of moves made. Obviously, he, you're a big Patriots fan, and I know that you guys got Bill O'Brien. That was a big-time move. I know you were excited about that. So what do you think of your Pats? What do you think of the division now that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a part of it? Personally, I think it's going to be one of the top three divisions in all of the league. If Aaron Rodgers does happen to force his way to the Jets, obviously they'll compete. They'll have a good offense. They already have a, a pretty good defense. Patriots, they got Bill O'Brien back, so they have an offensive coordinator that can uh, move the ball down the field, score points. And we have a pretty good defense as well. And then you've got the Dolphins. They've got Tua and Tyreek and all of them, but they lost – Mike Gusecki to the Patriots, so that could be a big thing in their run game. Their defense is pretty good. The Bills, of course, they got Josh Allen. They just signed Damon Harris. They've got Stephon still. they got a great defense. So I think top to bottom, if Aaron Rodgers does become a New York Jet, that it could be one of the best in the the entire league. I was really surprised when you guys got Mike Gusecki because now with Hunter Henry, is supposed to be the starter. And... You got rid of John New Smith. He was gone. I'm wondering how does this benefit the Patriots and the fact that I understood when you guys got John New Smith and Hunter Henry that it could be a dual threat tight end, but you guys never used it as that way. You never used those two as dual threat weapons. You know, you'd see Hunter Henry a lot more than you would see John New Smith. And now that John New Smith is gone, he probably he signed a big contract with the Patriots expecting to play, and he never really got to play. What do you think about you know adding Gasecki with Hunter Henry now? Do you think that Bill O'Brien is going to make a dual threat offense for tight end now? Or what do you think about that signing? I do. I like the Mike Gusecki, uh signing compared to John New Smith. Uh, he's a little more – or he's younger. He's a little more versatile, I think, in the pass game and the run game. He fits our scheme really well. I think I think Gusecki signing with the Patriots benefits both parties because we got Bill O'Brien back. He loves the two tight end sets. So I feel like we'll see Hunter Henry and Gusecki on the field at the same time, lining up either side by side or each on uh, opposite ends of the offensive line. And I think it just benefits both parties. Uh, with the departure of Damian Harris, I feel like we'll be able to see more of uh, Ramondre Stevenson, what he can do with a full workload and how he can handle it. Uh, we just signed James Robinson as well from the Jets, who Got traded from the Jaguars to the Jets last year. So I think that's a good uh, pickup as well. He can be, be more of the receiving back. So, and everyone knows Bill O'Brien loves a versatile offense. They can run it or pass it whenever they need to. And I think overall, uh, these moves will help Mac Jones develop more as a quarterback and uh, mold more into that more like Brady style quarterback. Not like, obviously, it's going to be hard to replace. Brady, but ever since he left the Patriots, we went through Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer and all them, and then now we're entering third year of Mac Jones. So I feel like overall, uh, Bill O'Brien can come back and develop the offense more, compete in the tough division, and hopefully make the playoffs. 
the Patriots are going to be a tough team, I still think, this year. I think that division, like you said, I think it will be probably a top-two division. I mean, I'm still looking at the AFC West and saying, you know, they got potential now with Sean Payton joining the Denver Broncos, Kellen Moore joining the Los Angeles Chargers, and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo joining the Raiders. That they're still going to be they're going to be a better division than they were last year, in my belief. It's interesting, you know, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets and now Alan Lazard to the Jets. Got Garrett Wilson still. Got rid of Elijah Moore. Got Brees Hall. You know, you got a lot of talent in New York. And in a way, I don't really like it. Obviously, I've expressed that. I just, I don't think it's beneficial for the Jets. I understand to win the championship type of deal mentality. But long-term wise, I don't think it's beneficial for the Jets in this roster that they have built. Now, this is where I bring in Lamar Jackson. I understand why he's not in New York. Because it'd be hard for them to give up the two first rounds the way it is. But for Lamar Jackson, you know, we're, we're talking about a generational talent quarterback who has proven himself over his career, 45 and 16 as a starter. He's electrifying his position. I understand the fact that people are saying, you know, how long is this going to last? Is he be the Cam Newton 2.0 or maybe he won't be? What do you think of Lamar? What do you think of this deal with going on with Baltimore? Do you think he'll remain in Baltimore? Do you think he'll get moved or... You know, what's your overall thoughts on this Lamar Jackson situation? That's a tough situation for sure. Like, he wants to get paid. He wants every, – every quarterback wants a nice payday. But I also see the Ravens uh, side of things because it could he could potentially turn into the Cam Newton 2.0. There's a big question mark in the next coming years about his durability at quarterback, if he can keep taking the hits that he has been, if he can keep up being as mobile as he can – and has been. So I, I see both sides. I ultimately do think that he will uh, stay in Baltimore just because, like you said, no one's really going to want to pay that two first-round pick price tag on him. So I think uh, they'll eventually somehow, some way, get both parties to be happy on it and uh, sign to an agreement. The way it looks right now, it looks like it's going to be that way. I mean, nobody wants to sign – you know, 200 some million dollars and then two of their first round picks to the Baltimore Ravens. So I think he'll remain in Baltimore this year. I don't know if it'll be on a long-term contract though. I think he'll play through the non-exclusive franchise tag. And then next year, is it going to be that they're going to sign a non-exclusive franchise tag again to Lamar Jackson and go through all this again? I don't know. I doubt they really will. I'd say they're either going to move on from him maybe next year, but this right now is the time for them to try to make it work. But it all matters on Lamar Jackson. I mean, not having an agent really doesn't help. I mean, it would be better if he had an agent that could really work this deal around with Baltimore instead of him going on Twitter and them talking and then got Bateman on there who's run his mouth about you know, the organization and then you know saying they don't know what they're going to do and this and that. So it's all a mess. It's all a situation. This is kind of like the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Packers. I mean – and for a while, we talked about what is Aaron Rodgers going to do, this and that, and what the Packers are going to do. Now, Aaron's finally closed the story and the case on that. And I assume that Lamar Jackson's probably trying to close the case. You know what I mean? He wants out of Baltimore. He's told everybody that. He's made a trade request on March 2nd. Of course, Baltimore's not going to move him. With the way their offense is schemed right now and the way their team looks, it wouldn't be beneficial to their part to lose Lamar Jackson. But... You know, we'll see where that goes, and we'll see 
if he remains or if they're going to move him or, you know, whatever happens to Lamar Jackson, I assume won't be done this season, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe something will come up very, very soon. And we'll, we'll get to talk about it a little bit more for free agency has been crazy. We've seen, you know, the draft, what's going to be the draft pick, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So all the bears gave up the number one pick and the Lions have made moves. Obviously, the Houston Texans have made a lot of moves just as well. The Bears have made some, you know, making that move to get DJ Moore now, adding Justin Fields. So let's talk about the Bears for a second. Justin Fields now having Claypool and DJ Moore and Darnell Moody and Komet as weapons on the outside now. Obviously, they lost David Montgomery, but I assume they're going to draft a running back. What do you think about the Chicago Bears? What do you think the improvements they made? I mean, obviously, you got to give Ryan Poles a lot of credit for doing all that. But what do you think of the first question I want you to answer is what do you think of the trade, the first round pick, and what they received out of the first round pick? Uh, I think it's a good move for the Bears. Uh, everyone knew that they weren't going to take a quarterback because they have Justin Fields. So it gives it gives them flexibility because they traded the first round pick for like two first round picks, uh, second or third or fourth round picks. And on top of that, they got DJ Moore. So it gives uh, Justin Fields uh, another offensive weapon. Like you said, they've got they've got good weapons now. They're going to draft their running back. They have to. Uh, I imagine they'll draft another couple like linemen in the mid rounds. But the biggest question mark on the Bears to me is their defense. Reflecting back to last year, I feel like the Bears defense, they showed flashes of greatness, and at the same time, they show flashes of what you don't want to see. So, overall, offensive side of the ball should be interesting. Defensive side of the ball, still a question mark to me. What's your expectations in record, though? I mean, how many games right now, if you looked at the roster, just looking at the roster and you knowing how Justin Fields plays, what do you think their record could be? Uh, improved or declined? No, nah, it'll definitely improve. Last year, they won only a handful of games. This year, I could see them going to about the seven-win mark, eight-win mark, potentially. That's I know that's stretching a little bit, but I think they've got the offensive weapons to, to win a couple more games that they should have won like last year just because they just didn't have the offense to compete. Now, that division actually becomes really crazy because, you know, obviously you still got Kirk Cousins – in Minnesota, you got Justin Jefferson, lost Adam Thielen, got TJ Hawkinson still. Minnesota's defense, not very good. Then you got the Lions, who have made a lot of moves in this offseason. They looked impressive last season. I think they have potential to actually win the division this year. I don't know how far it'll take them because of the Vikings' offense, but I have to imagine losing Adam Thielen means something and that the Lions could take over. Now, Jordan Love going to be the probable starter for the Packers. Who do you think is going to win the NFC North, man? I mean, a lot of now-balanced teams together, young teams. Overall, I think it's still the Vikings uh, the Vikings division to lose because the Packers, they're going to have Jordan Love, who hasn't really gotten an opportunity to showcase his talents. Uh, he's lost one or two, the one and two top receivers for that team. The Bears, like I said, they've got a good offense, but they got question marks on the defensive side of the ball. The Lions, the Lions are kind of the same way. They've sh- they've shown uh, flashes on both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball, I feel like they could uh, they can make a run, but at the same time, I think overall they're just not 
Vikings offense with uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and uh, Dalvin Cook are just too much for that division. I agree and disagree because Kirk Cousins plays good in the regular season. And the biggest moments, though, he doesn't play very well. I think it's more the Lions to win it now because I think they're a 10-11 win team as we look at it right now. I mean, the things they've added on the offseason, adding Cameron Sutton, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, they really filled that role and that depth problem in the DB safety section. So they really can make moves. I think that you know, they're going to obviously draft well, and they got good offensive talent. Obviously, They lost D.J. Shark, but they still got Jamison Williams. They got Amon St. Brown. Picked up David Montgomery this offseason. Lost Jamal Williams, still got DeAndre Swift. So I think the Lions have the potential to actually win the division and be a surprising team, man. I think they're on the come up, and I like the roster. I like Dan Campbell. I think he's a good head coach. He's really took this team and built them into something special. So I was impressed with how I seen them against the Packers at Lambeau Field, you know, the last game last season. I'd love to see them in the playoffs. Maybe they'll make it this year. I definitely think they have a good chance with the NFC being a weaker conference right now. I mean, I really think definitively there's only a handful of teams that are superior to others. Like the 49ers, I think the Cowboys are still superior, and the Eagles are still superior. Everybody else is kind of a toss-up at the moment. You know, it's going to be an interesting season. Obviously, we'll jump into more football when it gets closer to football. It's been really weird, I think, overall. I think it's been weird how, you know, remember how the a- NFC used to be so dominant, the AFC used to be so weak, and now the AFC is insanely good, and the NFC is, you know, have a couple handful teams, and that's it. You talk about your entire division, the AFC East is now great. The AFC North is not as great as what it used to be. The AFC South, outside of Jacksonville, is a tragedy, and... Then you got the AFC West, which we don't know if will be any good at all. Do you have a sleeper team for the AFC? Is there anybody particular in the AFC that you think is going to be a lot better this year than they were last year? Not really. I think overall uh, the AFC uh, playoff teams from last year will more than likely uh, repeat and make the playoffs again this year. The only ones I could see like making that jump would be just a couple of teams that were on the bubble, like the Patriots could get up, sneak in, uh, the Steelers could potentially sneak in, and like the seven, seven seed and whatnot. But overall, I think just the same teams from last year will make it again this year. I'm really excited for what I see out of Jacksonville. I like Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley coming in now, and then you have a bunch of guys who stepped up this last offseason. And they could have made the AFC Championship game. They played that well. They just a couple minor mistakes, and they could have been there. But football's going to be fun. Lots to talk about. We're in the offseason right now. Draft's coming up. You know, lots of moves to be made and still things to talk about. Well, this is the end to part one. Part two will be coming very shortly. We'll be talking a little bit about Major League Baseball, maybe the UFC 287 fight coming up. A lot of things coming up. We'll get back into that. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys later.